0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Up The Guts podcast Joining you always is your host Tricky, my co-host Connor And we are joined by a special guest, former Frankston VFL captain, Josh Newman How are you Josh?
1: Thanks fellas, thanks for having me on Yeah, good, thanks for coming in Holty was uh, very excited to be here but unfortunately he couldn't make it uh, I believe Tricky has a message to play from the great man, but uh, Tricky's been banging on this for a couple of weeks. How excited it is to have you on here?
2: Yeah, very good. Well, it's uh, I've been pretty busy too. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's good to finally get here and, and get it done.
1: So how? So obviously, how's your day been so far today? Obviously, you're a school teacher. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's been good. It's uh, just sort of. I've been pretty busy the last sort of few weeks. I've got year eleven and twelve students. So, oh no! <laughs> uh, been sort of finishing them all off, and uh, yeah, had a big sort of charity run on the weekend that I was a big part of, sort of planning and organising. And was that uh, that uh, the mountain run or whatever it was? No, nah, it was. It's called Run for Rossi. So oh, was, yeah, um, yeah, for a mate of mine who's uh, battling M and D at the moment. And, yeah. Um, yeah, to raise funds for for MND, and uh, so that was a lot of planning involved with that event as well yeah. as uh, finishing my students up. But it all pretty much, uh, yeah, finished all the students off on Monday and had the event on the weekend. So things are starting to quieten down now, which is
1: beautiful. Great. Oh, it's coming to the end
2: of the year, isn't it? Yeah. So the did the run go well? Yeah, it went really well. We uh, we raised uh, over a hundred thousand dollars. That's which amazing. Was, which was pretty cool and had about four hundred people down at the uh, George Knot Reserve in Collingwood, which is an yeah. ass, ass track and. Yeah, had lots of sort of different running events and and some live music and food and all that. It was, yeah. Beautiful. That sounds good. Why weren't you there, Trick?
0: Why wasn't I there? Um, I would have been hungover. That would be one reason. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been very hungover. Yeah,
2: there was a few hungover. That's the issue with uh, the Sunday (laughs) running event. Sunday fundraiser. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why weren't you there? Oh,
2: man, you
1: know me. I don't run for anything (laughs) anymore. I was too busy. Probably had a baby show on Sunday. Oh, no.
0: Don't start this again? Never again. Never again. Never again. Now, obviously, we mentioned Holty is not here. He would have loved to be here, but we've got a message from the great man. There is it is very explicit. It's pretty we'll, funny. Well, observe, he but it's very it funny.
1: What, what, when did he send it? About eleven o'clock this morning.
3: Yeah, yeah, hilarious.
0: Sorry, we'll play it. Hopefully, <laughs> this comes through fine.
3: It. Oh, it's ridiculous. Today's been fucking ridiculous. Like I'm sick of it. I'm flat out fucking busy today. Till, I don't know, what I woke up 7 o'clock, I've been flat out fucking studying, and I'm going to study till fucking 7 o'clock tonight. 12 hours, that's enough. Sorted. That's enough for me, and then 7 till onwards, I'll probably go to sleep at 9.30 because I've got to wake up at fucking 5.30 in the morning, travel to fucking Geelong, get ready, sit down, have my coffee, have my breakfast, and then do my exams. But seriously, I'm flat the fuck out. Doing shit today. The university website, I'm trying to get a form to fill out, but I click the link and it goes to a fucking error. I'm not the only one with this problem, but every teacher's been on their ass to do it ASAP and done by today. And then the university website just fucking shits itself. Oh, <laughs> fuck's sake. Made me so angry. And then Clyde Cricket Club have been on my fucking ass because I'm the my cricket coordinator and the junior coordinator. But I passed it on to someone else for the past two weeks. So, because I've been flat out at university, flat out at work, because October, November, December's big working months for the Turf Club, and clearly that person hasn't even had any contact at all or done a fucking thing, which has pissed me off because I've left it in their hands, and they want me to be a mascot tomorrow at Clyde Primary School to promote the Maya Cricket and all shit like that. No, I'm fucking busy tomorrow (laughs) in Geelong, Can someone else out of the 100 fucking people at that club put their fucking hand up for once and actually do something? And then work brings me up about five minutes later and says the office staff want you to complete an Excel worksheet for the plan of the function today like a bird's eye view map of how the tables are going to be sorted out. I'll just sit back to them, No, get (laughs) fucked. Fucking do some work in the office instead of sitting in your ass watching Sky Racing the whole fucking day with your (laughs) legs up on your fucking desk. Seriously, not hard to make it. You do it. Takes five minutes. I'll flat the fuck out today. Stop pushing me around. Oh, that's a late blow up, I reckon.
0: So, obviously, when we listened to part one, there was no blow-up, but he's made amends yeah. for that. Jesus, yeah. what do you think of that?
1: I say welcome to the real world champion. That is one of the all-time He lives. goes yeah. mental. Oh, he goes man. nuts. He he's just, got some good ones. He just gets fixated on things and he just he loses his mind, doesn't he, Trick? Oh, the great man. But yeah, Don't get
0: him started on um, Melbourne roads.
1: Oh, they are shocking. Though. They are it shocking. It took me
2: like 45 minutes to get here.
0: Yeah, because you did say how you left, and I was like, "Where are you?" Yeah,
2: it couldn't have been too busy. That was a pretty long rant. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Can't be uh, that bad.
0: Uh, now, what's your um, speaking of um, going into more like growing up? What's your first memories of football growing up as a kid?
2: Um, probably like like most kids, um, sort of either in the, in the backyard, probably with with old man and and brothers, probably just getting thrown a footy pretty early, and and probably having to wrestle it off each other. And then and then sort of the more formal stuff probably, yeah, like most kids I was kicking and down to sort of, yeah, as a junior down at Mount Martha Footy Club and, yeah, sort of that's how you sort of learn the ropes I guess and and that natural sort of pathway from a little tacker. Awesome.
1: So I've got a question. So first off before we
2: start, who do you support? I I go for Carlton now because of my older brother. Yeah. Um, I'm actually not a huge... I don't watch a lot of footy. Yeah, like I think because I've I've always sort of been really involved in my own footy. That like obviously with the captaincy and the leadership yeah, yeah. sort of stuff, it's it can be a bit consuming. And I and I do a lot of other things outside of footy yeah. as well. So I'm not a unlike Nick. Like he's he is a mad footy sort of nutty enough. loves yeah. it and he he'll watch lots of it, even though it's his whole life as an AFL footballer. But um, yeah, so I d I don't I sort of never watched too much of, of the teams that I barracked for and obviously supported Nick a lot and when yeah. he was playing started playing more regular footy, then we just naturally were going to more games, yeah. watching more of his games and then you sort of yeah, start really barracking for the team that he plays for. So yeah. Awesome.
0: Did you play any other sports growing up? Was there anything else that tickled your fancy or
2: Yeah, tried a lot actually. Like I I did cricket for not that long Cricket wasn't for me I think I just uh, I love the beach And, and uh, the warm weather And I don't know I just I, I was, A I was no good at it So that doesn't sort of <laughs> it help It usually doesn't I help I couldn't uh, I just didn't know how to block Dad tried to teach me how to block But I just would always try And smack it for six So I'd either hit a six It hey, sounds a lot wrong like Connor That's nothing wrong with <laughs>
1: that I, My number one motto is You don't make
2: friends with technique And the harder <laughs> you swing The further the ball goes So yeah. Yeah, I'd Say you would yeah. You would been alright so didn't did, tried that out didn't like it sort of didn't last too long uh, I, I didn't I didn't like the helmet either just I felt like I couldn't see anything with the helmet on but um did did a bit of a surf life-saving um, basketball that was, was probably the only other one that lasted um as long as sort of footy and then you get to that sort of age where you sort of decide between the two but I, I still wasn't that serious about basketball i only sort of played domestic and wasn't really too keen on any sort of wrap stuff with the late Friday nights and tra- yeah. lots of travelling and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that was sort of about it. And then, it, like, sort of later on, um, as has sort of, yeah, gone into uni and all that sort of stuff and after tack Cup and all that and, and uh, all the footy sort of stuff, got into my surfing a little bit more and, and, and that's probably my other sort of main thing now that I do outside of footy, yeah. sport-wise, yeah.
1: So you just go for a surf?
2: Yeah, yeah, when I can, like, I, you know, I go through phases where I'm, Pretty Flat out, or you know, f- you know, I'm sort of trying to look after myself a bit with footy and that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, w- when I do get sort of some good chunks of time or the surf's good, I'll, I'll try and get out a fair you, bit with my
1: mates. Have you done the uh, is it like the it's like the aquatic one uh, It's like up near?
2: Yeah. I've uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, done that a few times So My that's, mate that's swears by it says it's elite Oh it's awesome Because it's like That's <clears> the one <throat> really annoying thing about surfing Is it's like it's you got to wait you, Well yeah you yeah. can't just like grab a footy Like footy you know You yeah. can't just go grab a footy in a mate And go for a kick Like you know you got The the conditions have got to be right And you know you got to have Yeah it's got to suit the time That you have spare or free to go So like yeah, you could have a Yeah A spare day or whatever Or a free weekend And you want to go surfing But there's no surf And, and yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be annoying perfect. <laughs> Yeah perfect Yeah
0: or was it um Graham playing growing up for Mount Martha? What was that like?
2: That was awesome. I think like I don't know. Mount Martha is a bit of a it's cool. It's a bit like a country town, but on the beach, so um, it's a nice town. Uh, yeah, I yeah, see, it it is. it's nice. <laughs> it is. It is really nice, and it's. I think it's uh, like when I like was playing junior footy down there. It's obviously a lot different now, and 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 Mornington and Mount Martha are massive, and you know they're they're quite popular, and there's a lot of people now, and shops have sort of gotten busier and more popular and and that sort of stuff but yeah when I started playing junior footy down there it was was awesome like Ferreira Ferreira Reserve where um we played all of our home games it was like yeah I've got so many great memories down there because it was amongst sort of um yeah all the all the sort of bushland and there was a boardwalk that went through all there so you know you'd play your game of footy and you know you'd I'd be having to wait around all day because between, you know, myself and my two other brothers, like, you'd be there all day. So between games you'd go off he run around, Yeah, and, you know, as a little tacker through the through the boardwalk and around the estuary and down to the shops and, and you'd be in your, your Mounties kit all day. <laughs> probably run <running laughs> yeah. on the boardwalk and your footy boots wasn't probably safe. but uh, And then, yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was, awesome.
1: Yeah. So is there, like, obviously growing up that way, playing footy early, was there any particular moment in your footing career where you, like, Hang on, shit! I'm actually pretty good at this. Maybe I can do this full time. Um, like a particular moment or game, uh, you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably not. Like I was, I was like really unique. My sort of pathway, in a sense, because I was, I was always <laughs> like growing up, I was always the worst footballer in sort of like with who I kicked around with. Because I grew up with Lucky Whitfield across the road, yeah, yeah. and then obviously my older brother who was older than me, and he's obviously a, a decent footballer as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they were both like just a step ahead of, of me and I was always really short and like, I'm still not that tall now, but I was really small. Like yeah. growing up, I had a bit of a sort of late growth spurt and became a sort of, yeah, somewhat sort of decent height. not was a normal sort of height. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I think growing up with them, I was just kind of like, I was always an all right footballer. Like I, I, I went, I went pretty hard as a little fella and, um, yeah, I was always surrounded by pretty elite companies. So uh, I definitely wasn't touted as being like a, a really good footballer or a, or a future prospect or anything yeah. like that. And then, yeah, probably it was probably my 18s year at Mornington where I, I was probably 17, 16 or 17, and um, I was a bottom major, but I'd, I'd had a bit of a growth spurt that year. Yeah. And I'd, I'd done quite a lot of surf lifesaving, actually, um, with one of the guys, Jim, James Cameron. I don't know if you know James Cameron. Who plays um, down at Mornington He's been there for a fair few years now And he was obviously a, He was a top ager then And he's, he's old man Did a lot of stuff with the um, Like life Lifesaving Club yeah. And uh, yeah I was just sort of wanting to get fit And put on a bit of sort of size and strength And did a lot of sort of surf lifesaving And got pretty fit and in, in good nick And did some training with him And uh, yeah and then had a good Really good final series And uh, yeah even still Like I, I got invited down to the Stingrays Nick and I both had really good games that day because uh, he was a top ager and yep. um, we got invited down to Stingrays. But I just kind of always thought I was sort of the underdog and yeah. yeah, I got a bit of interest and then I was like, went to Stingrays and I was like, oh, like I'm sort of out of my depth here. Like I'm not, you know, all these kids have been in the program for ages and they yep. guns and, I, you know, I'd love to just you know, have a pre-season and see how it go. and then, made, you know, then you want to make the, the squad and you make the squad and then you're like, oh, jeez, like I've done all right. Like I've, I'm lucky or I've done well, I've worked hard or whatever it is you put it down to, but then you go, oh, well i be sick to be able to play a game, then you get a game, and then, yeah, and then I think, just it, keeps going from yeah, it just yeah. sort of went going, yeah, kept sounds going like a goa trick, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> love our like goas, <laughs> but I guess the, the only real time that I was like, oh shit, like, you know, this is a, a chance potentially here, is that, you know, yeah, we had a, both my brother and I had a bit of interest from kangaroos, um, in our draft year, and they came around to our place for dinner, and a meeting, and, and that sort of stuff, and then you start to think, oh, like this is, Hang on, yeah, yeah, well, this is you know potentially something that you know it's it was weird because you know it's, it's out of your control. So yeah, it is. It's it not is. Like really a, is. Yeah, it's not a choice you make to be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna study this, or I'm gonna go to uni and do that, or I'm gonna apply for this job or whatever it is. It's just kind of you know you just you tick the boxes, you do what you yeah. get invited to do, or you know if you have clubs that want to speak to you, speak to them. But um, yeah, and you just got to sort of go through the the process yeah. and the motions. But yeah. Um,
1: yeah it would be tough in that respect, like it's literally out of your control, yeah you do everything you can, and then obviously it's whether like they like you or not or like oh yeah, he'll feel nice yeah. yeah it yeah. would be tough as well,
2: yeah, and a lot comes down to it like you know you learn later in in your career and once you sort of you know, have a nick in the system and sort of get to you know, know sort of how it works and there's yeah there's so many factors that come down to it yeah. so it's it's pretty bizarre when you look back at it and go, you know wow, like the the, the difference. That it can have on your life Yes. Yeah. Those sort of sliding door moments are, are pretty pretty cool in a sense Like I I love what I do now And I'm yeah. awesome Yeah oh, Well that's you know, good I love, I love sort of what I do And I don't think I'd, I'd change a thing If I got asked to be on an AFL Yeah Tomorrow yeah. I'd probably say no Because I would say no Because I Yeah I, I wouldn't want to change a thing. Now your life's so, going yeah, yeah Yeah That's good That's Just good
0: cool. Being that I'm As so. you said Like that type of underdog Going into that sting racing, Did that make you like anxious Or when you went there Or did you feel like Normal as such If you know what I mean
2: Yeah I think I was like Yeah It it is tough Like it's a tough age group Like Or an age sort of bracket To to go into something like that Because Yeah you sort of You don't really know anyone And Like I knew a couple of people But I just felt like I wasn't Sort of supposed to be there And that I was sort of like, a lot of my career as well, it was always, like, I always looked up to my older brother and yeah. thought he was awesome and a gun, and, like, I sort of followed his footsteps a little bit with that side of things. Corey um, doesn't think about that with Trick, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that now. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I just, um, I probably just always thought, well, like, I'm just getting invited because Nick got invited down and I played okay and, like, you know. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't probably until later on when nick got drafted and i sort of i went overseas and i came back and i sort of i had different reasons for coming back to play footy and yep. I sort of sort of felt like i forged my own sort of career in a sense and um yeah yeah it's uh, they're just sort of the dynamics of it but it, well yeah i was pretty anxious that sort of going into the stingrays because you sort of feel like you're potentially like you know as you said like an underdog and and you sort of feel like you're out of your depth um, but I made some really cool friends and yeah, you know some some awesome mates. That I had a really good period there of a couple of years where yeah, I had some some awesome friends. And so, what kind of names were playing at the Stingrays when you were there? Um, oh, ones that sort of went on. Um, obviously, in, in my top age year, Lucky Whitfield went, went one, um, didn't he? Went yeah, it number one. He went, no he, one. Went, he went number one. Can play footy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, was, run. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah can run. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. So that yeah, he, he, he sort of, he obviously went one, and I can't really remember. Really hard time I think Went that yeah. year Um You
0: broke the beep test record I think Yeah when you Yeah
2: I did hit Those two used to sort of go at it With the with the running sort of stuff So Uh And then the following year Was like Jack Loney And um Zach Jones um, So decent Decent yeah, players yeah, yeah Some really good players So uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some Very good players too Like I said I <laughs> too, too much long <laughs> yeah. yeah Um But no it was good It's a good time And I learned a lot And yeah I guess sort of Sort of gave me a bit of a foundation Um to, to sort of yeah, go on and, and have a decent sort of AFL career.
1: So, obviously, I guess the pathway to AFL has changed a lot recently. Do you think it's changed for the better, or do you think, obviously, it's a lot, they look at the mature age a lot now. Do you think that's better for the development program of like AFL players? Because it is a big step going from, I guess, under yeah, 18s yeah. straight into senior men football.
2: Yeah, I do. I think it's, uh, I think that they should still look at. You know, more mature age players because I think that sort of, you know, that a lot of the guys that I've come across and, you know, I've you know I've seen a lot of guys come through at Frankston and that, and yeah. you really don't sort of see them starting to hit their potential until sort of 22, 23. Like yeah, yet. I agree with that. You yeah. see, there's some decent footballers rolling around local Yeah, and it's hard because, like, I think they sort of get in tight and then, like, there's that sort of, um, I don't know, with those sorts of players, like, I've spoken, you know, last sort of 12 months to a lot of our sort of 20 20 to sort of 23 24 year olds frankston and like they sort of still can feel like that window's closed even though like they're just starting to hit their best sort of yeah well you're maturing as a person and their body's pretty much matured yeah Yeah. but they sort of you know it's easy to get pulled back to sort of local footy because they're starting to kind of play good vfl footy so then they can get sort of good local offers
1: and well, yeah, the cash is decent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know,
2: it's, it's harder to try and... It's harder to keep them in, in that sort of pathway and that system because I think, yeah, VFL, uh, as much as sort of... I still think they should be looking at more mature-age players. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, because then I think it would also entice... Players around that sort of 22 to 25 sort of age bracket to continue to sort of persist and keep going.
1: Yeah.
0: Because a lot of people do give it up after that, that, that 20 yeah, well, age group or they don't do it for the same reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, life gets in the way. Obviously, you, yeah. you have to go around work and stuff. Yeah. But like I think it's like you said, it's that the mature age person is probably a better option at sometimes. They actually have life experience. They understand the real world. And then once they get thrown that opportunity, they want it. Like they're yeah. not going to work their ass off to make their mark yeah. on the AFL and stuff.
0: What are your first memories of going down to Frankston and who um, stood out to you straight away as, like, a leader of the pack?
2: Um, yeah, my memories were, yeah, it was different. Like, it was so different to what, um, like, the AFL footy and Frankston in particular is now. Like, uh, I was a, I was really young, like, and I felt, you know, I'd, I'd obviously, again, like, I felt like I was back at, like, we spoke about the stingray stuff and feeling like out, of, out of depth and then obviously sort of, up a bit of a reputation now and I played some good footy and I got invited back as a 19 year old and you're a bit older and a bit more mature than them so you sort of feel like you belong and that and then all of a sudden I was like you know thrown back in the deep end and I was at Frankston and there was men like they were genuine you know back then as well they had a lot of mature age like real solid mature age players and um, yeah again my older brother was there and I was kind of just sort of following his footsteps a little bit and um, it was probably it was a bit of a bizarre experience for me because I'd always, like I said, looked up to my older brother and sort of thought he was a lot better than I was. And then my first year there, I I, I had I played my first game in the twos. I had two possessions <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm no good at this. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> be, like I, I just can't play against men or something like that. And then the next week I had a, a pretty decent game and another all right game and then got into the ones and, and I, I had a really good yeah. first game. I don't know what it was, but I was expecting to have A first stinker again in the in the ones, but I actually played all right. And yeah. Um, yeah, the coach then was pretty excited because I was sort of only 18, um, 19, and, and then um, I ended up playing the rest of that year in the ones. My old brother, Nick, was playing the twos all year, yeah. so it was a bit <laughs> awkward for me. It was a bit Finally awkward, awkward at home, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those things changed pretty quickly the following year. He, he pulled his finger out and, and had a crack, yeah, and, and got himself drafted, but. Yeah, they were really good memories. Like, I loved playing with my older brother. Like, that was, they were probably my highlights, you know, playing with your brother in, a, in an 18s flag at Mornington and then yeah. going to the Stingrays together. And, you know, we were two years apart, but because he was a bit younger, he sort of fell down in that, like, yeah. yeah. In school, he was two years above me, but yeah. in, in sport and footy, he was only sort of one year above me. So, yeah, we were lucky to play you know, a lot of footy together and be in, on that journey together a lot yeah. through Stingrays. And then, um, yeah, at Frankston. Um, but yeah, they, they were good memories and I think back then sort of Shane Hockey was the one that sort of stood, stood out and um, yeah, there was like Ziggy Elwin, um, yeah. you know, he was he used to take these amazing big marks and the crowd loved him and um, yeah, Michael Lowry, Scott Simpson, they were all these like, look like Luke Potts, like there were all these older guys that um, yeah, they sort of really yeah put their sort of stamp on, on Franks and VFL, footy. but it was old school, it was real yeah. old school back then yeah. as well, like you know. Um, yeah, it was just old school sort of. Yeah, VFL footy. So it's changed a lot since. The front. Then, yeah, like it was. <laughs> yeah. What's it was what
0: part do you do you like the old school? Do you prefer that type of footy or uh, new da- nowadays? I
2: think um, I prefer the. I don't know. I I, I sort of adapted to it well because I was a really physical contested player and, yep. and sort of prided of myself on. Um, like I just kind of knew I was never like super skillful, like and and, and sort of as I said growing up. Nick and Lockie, they were both really skillful players, but that was sort of the only way I could get an upper hand on them. Was like I was, I was really physical, and yeah. I just knew I had to sort of go to war to try and beat them because they were so skillful and um, and fit and that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, that probably suited me like going up against men because I I just knew I had to go and yeah. I had to impose myself on the contest to sort of earn earn respect. But the, the coaching side of things, and I think the way that the culture of old school sort of footy. Looking back on it, I was I'm glad I add that things have changed, changed in that, that respect. Yeah, because yeah. I I think you know football clubs can be pretty amazing places if we if we can sort of promote them being safe places and and and, and yeah, people being able to be vulnerable and speak up and yeah, and it can be a great place to you know identify when when young men are sort of doing it tough and and we can sort of put our arms around them. Where it was back then, it, you know, when I first started, um, yeah, it was very much like you know you. Yeah, you you had to be hard and tough yeah. and not show emotion at which you know I think later in my career you could sort of see that I still played like that, but off the field I was a completely different. Yeah, person. exactly. So and yeah, you definitely have to be that now. Yeah, definitely. So
0: yeah. Now I went to actually went to primary school with a bloke who played for Frank's. And I want to know what your um, memories are of playing with him. I went to primary school with Jason Pongracic. Yeah. How how was he like as a teammate? Oh,
2: he's he's the best. I love Pongo. He, him and I are really good mates. So we actually moved. Uh, we played together at Franks, and he was my captain. Uh, he was, like, one of the youngest captains I'd ever played on. He was, like, 22, I think, or 21. And, um, yeah, an interesting journey Pongo had because he was touted to get... It's like, top 20, was he? Top 10, and yeah. then it was top 20. And then he just was one of those guys that was bigger and stronger than everyone and just bullied everyone. And I think the timing was just really poor for him in a sense that, like, you know, he was this... So sort of all the attention was on him when he was real young, yeah. and like you know, he was a gun. And then and sort of everyone caught up to him, and he was still a great, an amazing player. But like I think, then everyone else caught up with him, and then closer it got to sort of draft day, there was all these other prospects, and I think he just kind of fell. fell
0: I think he did through. an injury too, didn't he? Yeah,
2: I think he was pretty unlucky at a few times going in, and I think there was sort of questions on his sort of speed and that sort of stuff because he was he was really solid, and I guess the the game was changing really rapidly leading up into those sort of first few years that they were sort of drafting a lot of running players and the game was opening up a lot more. it was more, Yeah. You know, they, they loved the speed in the game and players that were quick and that sort of stuff. And yeah, Pongo was a, a an absolute beast. And like, you know, I remember playing with him at Willie a, f- a few games, he'd have more tackles than he would possessions. Like he just, <laughs> yeah, he just, just yeah, yeah, he was just brutal. And, and um, yeah, I love, but he's just an awesome person. And, yeah, like a real quirky sort of person to be and we lived together for, you know, a year or so down in Williamstown. We moved together, him, Josh Pickers and I from Frankston down to Williamstown and yeah. year there together and uh, yeah, he, he was awesome. I, I loved living with him, he's a good fella.
1: So how was obviously Frankston left the VfL. Yeah. So how was the move actually to Williamstown in the end? What did you like about Frankston? What did you like about Williamstown and did you notice a difference in like the programs and stuff? When yeah.
2: You yeah, definitely. Like there was definitely, it was a, definitely a period with Frankston where it, we were doing it tough. And yeah. It just wasn't a very foul footy club. Like yeah. people were trying really hard and uh, there was some really good people that were really passionate trying to do the right things, but they just, we just didn't have the foundations there. And I probably didn't realize that until I went to Williamstown. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is a, a serious operation and they pride themselves on, you know, being the best standalone club outside of the um, AFL. So, and, and you could see that when I went yeah. there and I went at, there at a time where they were pretty strong and they'd, they'd won a flag recently and they still had a really good crop of mature age players. And I loved it. Like I was, you know, it was the first, my first year teaching as a you know, getting a full-time yeah. wage and your know, first time living out of home with two of my sort of best mates and um, yeah, at a different footy club. So, you know, I was and, I'd, and I was confident because I, you know, I'd, I'd won the best and fairest that year at Frankston, so I sort of felt like I was belonged and I was a good player and I didn't have to worry about going there and sort of proving myself as a footballer, but I had this sort of refreshed kind of outlook on things. I still wanted to impress and and be a professional and and sort of earn the respect of the players. But I yeah, but but it was also really enjoyable, three three mates in a in a sort of beat up joint in in (laughs) South Kingsville or whatever that, you know, we had we had a few parties and yeah, it would have been good <laughs> yeah, fun out yeah, there. How old were you when you were down there? Twenty two. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, had a good yeah, time. Yeah, good <laughs> age. It's good age. You finally got a bit of money, like yeah. disposable income, and you know we didn't have to worry too much about keeping the house that clean because it, you know, it was just an old joint, and we were three blokes, and yeah, we, it was good fun. Yeah, it would have been fun. Mean? Yeah.
0: Now, 2016, you, as you mentioned, you won the best and fairest at Frankston. What do you think really clicked that season? How was that season for you personally?
2: Um, oh, it probably, like, took me by surprise, to be honest, I just kind of...
0: Playing um, off the halfback, yeah, obviously, yeah.
2: Playing off halfback and, um, yeah, I think obviously not being a really strong side, um, yeah, I, I think I just, um, and then, you know, the ball was in the back line a fair bit, so I was getting a bit of the footy and, yeah, I just probably, um, yeah, it was just probably, I guess, the compounding, you know, a few compounding years of AFL footy and a few pre-seasons and uh, yeah, I just sort of had a bit, uh, had a lot more sort of confidence yeah. and yeah, I was going for my marks a bit more and I was sort of reading the play a little bit better. And um, yeah, I didn't, I think it was one of those years I didn't really have any pressure on me because no one really expected too much still and I was yeah. still, still relatively young and yeah, played with a lot of freedom. And the, the coach sort of backed me in to play a bit, a bit loose so I could sort of you know, read the play and try and cut things off and, and, and get free and that. I'm sure if you look through any tapes, I probably didn't defend that well. <laughs> I'll, I'll go home <laughs> tonight and have a look at them. And I'll let you know. Don't worry, there's
0: plenty of halfbacks that don't yeah, defend. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you can name a uh, fair few.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. It was uh, yeah, it was a surprise. I didn't think I'd win it, um, but yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise on the night, and then uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was a nice feather in the cap. And have a nice uh, celebration afterwards. No, I didn't actually. I was so because I actually got. Cool, like sort of four weeks post-season and it was just before our um what was it i and i, I got it what was it four weeks after i finished and i like i was real like i'm I, I sort of a footy season as soon as footy season finished like i said i'd go away i'd go on holidays yeah. go surfing whatever i'd eat crap i'd drink yeah you know, and at that age as well you'd, you'd Try and be pretty strict throughout the year. And we played a lot of Sunday games back then. So you yeah. didn't really go out and have a beer that often. So season finished. And I just, I reckon I put on five or six kilos in <laughs> four or five weeks. And now I actually had a call, um, I was rocking up to my sort of last. Uh, one of my like last blocks of placement at school and I got a call from Essendon asking me to sort of come and do a private testing day oh, yeah. um, in four weeks. And I was like, shit, I've like put on about four or five kilos. and I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling fit. And I got a, I got only sort of four or five weeks to get fit. So, um, yeah, I didn't really tell too many people about that. But, um, yeah, I had to sort of, I had to start, fully stop drinking for four weeks. I had to like be like really careful. Yeah. With my aid. I had Rick Mirabella who was sort of the fitness guy. Back then, it sort of helped me out, and yeah, it was real strict diet and food and training and that to try and get as fit as I could in that sort of four or five
0: weeks to yeah. you know, impress at the testing. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously when you went to Williamstown, am I right and saying you were VFL state representative.
2: Yeah, so I was lucky enough to, um, yeah, I went to Williamstown and learned a lot off Colo, and and he probably taught me a bit more about defence. Um, yeah, I only had probably four or five touches the first couple of games because he just he, he didn't want me to get the footy. He's like, I don't yeah. want you to get the footy. I want you to learn to defend. And then once you learn to defend, you can kind of play off and, and you'll get the balance right sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I learned a lot about my game, a lot about defence. And, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to sort of get selected for the, the last ever state representative game for Victoria. So... Which was a great experience and, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. We got pumped, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And that was why it was the last ever one it's of It's all it about the yeah. experience. But yeah, it was cool. Cool to have the yeah. jersey and I still got it at home and with the big V on it. So, yeah, it was cool. Do you reckon they should bring back State of Origin footy? I think they should, um, but they just have to do it properly. Like, yeah. you, you know, yeah, we played a team that had been training for four or five weeks leading into it. And yeah. We, we had two training sessions and one of them was... You know, we an information night and going through it all, and then we went on the park for a bit of a kick, and then the second one was a proper training session, and you we don't had dinner. It, yeah. yeah, like you didn't get to know anyone that well, and and it was a great yeah. experience yeah. still in that, but yeah, like he, we were coming up against a side that took it really seriously, yeah. and and they were training for a few weeks, and it was yeah, it was pretty obvious in the game that they were just sort of out yeah outplayed us and and had a bit more connection than we did.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. and did. Did you get invited to the state combine at the end of that season too? I believe. Yeah. How was that?
2: Yeah, yeah. That was that was another great experience. So I think I'd already. That was the second one that I'd been invited to. So I got invited to one uh, in my draft year, I think, or maybe 19s No, I think it was in my draft year. I got invited to the state combine, and yeah, that was that was cool. But then, um, yeah, the second time around, I was, I was obviously a bit older and um, a bit more mature and. Um, yeah was sort of able to go into it um yeah the best that i could I, I still look back on it all and i probably didn't take i i probably didn't put in the work that was needed to be an elite athlete um and and probably didn't realize that you probably got to do that work to, the hardest part is to get drafted like yeah. that so you know that's what i i truly believe the hardest parts to get drafted and then once you're in the system you know you Things don't work out for some players, and it does for others. But you know, at least you, you you've know, got mate, your foot in the yeah, door. Yeah, you got yeah. your foot in the door, and you're in an elite program, and you can you're surrounded by elite athletes, and you can kind of learn the ropes and and just sort of yeah, you put, apply it and, and see how you go. But yeah, to, to get drafted, you got to do a lot. You know, you got yeah, you, you got to be making a lot of sacrifices, and you got to know those things from a young age, which is hard when you just turn 18. You you wanted to go out and have fun with your mates. You you know, I was at uni and we were gone on studied outdoor ed so we're going on trips and all that sort of stuff and you, know, you want to stop at the bakery and have a pie and all that sort of stuff and <laughs> all the kfc yeah, on a Sunday yeah morning so you're a bit hung those things i probably didn't learn until i came back from overseas and i i, I, I really wanted to kind of get the most out of them, my footy that i could And i really started taking some sacrifices to get in yeah good enough nick um but yeah those experiences were still really good and i still remember those and they were daunting I remember being really nervous Obviously Because it was such a Such a bizarre experience Like you're there With a whole lot of other guys That you don't really know Them all You're all competing To get drafted And you've got AFL recruiters Watching you And it's just like I'm a really easy going. like Yeah You know Like It would, it would be yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I, wouldn't do, I wouldn't be able to yeah. do it Yeah So you want to sort of Yeah it's just Yeah it was really A bit uncomfortable for me at times Because I'm You know as I say I'm pretty easy going And I'm not a too, I don't take anything Sort of too seriously And uh, but it was a very serious, like, you know, experience and you know, everyone's watching you and not sort of saying too much and you just kind of got to, yeah.
0: Doing their little whispers. very
2: daunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, so. yeah.
0: In 2018, you took a year off the game, is that right in saying? And took a surfing trip to South America. With some of your mates, you said you needed some time away from the game. What was this and how did this help um, you mentally or even going into the 2019 season?
2: Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So, I don't know. I just sort of, yeah, as, as I said, I had the draft combine and then... Previous to that, which sort of met, not many people sort of know, but I'd, I'd had a few sort of pretty much, the, you know, from that 2016 Best and Fairest at, at Frankston. I I kept getting invited back to sort of private testing days with Essendon. I don't know, they must have liked me but. Never enough <laughs> to <This is> actually <laughs> take me, but for a few years in a row there. As an
1: and supporter, it would be pretty tough uh, being there at the minute. so yeah. <laughs> I think you dodged the bullet there. Um,
2: so I'd had a, I had had a few years back to back where I, you know, as I've said earlier, like I love my footy, but when it was done, I was like, sweet,
3: yeah, sort of happy Relief, for to be over kind of for, a, for a month, yeah.
2: for a couple of months, and and go surfing and go on a couple of trips and that, and I'd I'd always sort of get those calls, sort of two or three or four weeks post season, where I'm trying to switch off, and then I'd like. Crap, and then I have to go into sort of overdrive mode and get really thick really quick, and yeah. train and and all sorts of stuff. And then you you go through through that process, and then you wouldn't get drafted. And then you're back at preseason again. I'm yeah. far out. I feel like, no I off, had a yeah. break. And I was sort of yeah, I just wanted a bit of a break from it all. And I kind of lost the uh, sort of lost that, night, especially that last year at Willie. Like we played finals and. um yeah, there was a bit of, I had obviously a bit of interest and I got invited to the Combine and um, had the state game and that. And it was like, I don't know, p- people would question like, oh, are you are you playing for the team or are you playing to sort of get yourself drafted? Which I was never someone that, you know, I was always a team first player and I yep. always played like that. But I, don't know, I just I was like a bit over sort of politics and the whispers of stuff. And yeah, fair um, enough. All the other stuff outside of I just enjoyed playing and playing with my mates. So um, decided to take a, year, take a year off and a couple of my best mates who, don't play footy or anything like that anymore. Um, and mad surfers, and, and they were like, we're going on this trip. Like, do you want to come? And I was like, "Far out. i give it one more year to try and sort of get picked up. And I was still sort of 23, 24, or do I take off and, and you know. Take to life. On. Yeah, well, and, and just take it, like, it was one of those ones, like, my two best mates, they're twin brothers. Uh, my, my best mates were pretty much like three brothers. Yeah. We get along so well, and we argue and fight, like, brothers and that sort of stuff and, and it was like well, that trip would never happen again and it never will happen again and it was the absolute trip of a lifetime and we talk yeah. about it i talk about the trips and the stories with them all the time like monthly and we every time we catch up we talk about it and we'd love to go do it again and we, we're going to do a little reunion trip well, like nowhere near as long but like we missed a country in nicaragua and yeah. we, we wanted to do that but we weren't allowed in at the time they had a sort of civil, civil unrest yeah. and that. Yeah. So um, we're going back to do that as a bit of a sort of memento because we're really looking forward to going there. But yeah, I, I don't regret it at all. Like, yeah, it was it was just a it was an awesome experience. I learned a lot about myself as a person. You, do. you learn, uh, yeah. yeah, you learn a
1: lot when you travel,
2: hundred percent. And then I came back a better footballer and a better sort of leader and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, got more out of myself because I feel like I, I had different reasons to play footy when I came back.
0: What was your favorite place when you went over to South America?
2: Well, it happens in mexico um yeah we ended up spending seven weeks in mexico so uh, yeah, yeah we couldn't get us out of there
1: <laughs> don't worry I, i've been told i'm not allowed in south america i had a couple of mates who went to south america they didn't leave i think it was Colombia or
2: something for like three months yeah they just yeah oh this, it's pretty cool like yeah some of the some of the stuff you're like like beach clubs and lots of stuff that just don't really exist here and You know, Yeah It's just It's wild Yeah And like you know You could be On like Just walking out of the surf all day And then you walk into a Like bar on the beach Or Like you you know There's little Ladies that just come up to you With these like Most amazing food That they just sell you on the beach And like I'm a huge beach bar Like I love the beach Yeah You know There's not much sort of obviously the rules and regulations are a lot different in those sorts of countries. So you can do anything on the beach and, yeah. and set up chairs and tables and people have businesses on the beach and, and nightclubs on the beach, all that sort of stuff. where here. You, you sort of don't really have that sort of stuff. But yeah, Mexico was, was sick because it was just like, it was the mix of everything. Like we went to a few countries that were like awesome surf locations, but they were like remote and yeah. really close to places where Mexico was cool as because it was like, you had these awesome big cities that had were happening and vibing, and then you had these cool little like surf towns that you'd go and stay there for a while. And if the surf's good, you'd stay for ages, and if not, you'd head back to one of the yeah. main cities and party in that. So,
1: is there any places that uh you want to tick off the bucket list in the future? It doesn't even have
0: to be South America, just anywhere really.
2: Yeah, uh, there's uh there's a lot, there's a lot. So we yeah we really want to go back and do Nicaragua because we missed yeah. that one through Central America, and um, other than that, I'd like to. I like to go to um, Everest and do base camp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love to go to Nepal and do that. Um, I've done a fair bit of South East Asia, but I'd like to go back and do sort of a bit more of that. Um, Have you done the cliche Europe? No, nah, I haven't yet. I, oh, you got to do Europe. Yeah, I think
1: that's a, oh, Europe's good. Yeah, you went to Europe didn't you. I've done Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Germany is the best place in the world. Munich. Wow.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I'll definitely. I think I'll definitely do that. I'm not sure when. I, I feel like I'll be older doing that. Yeah. A bit more expensive,
1: I think, the old Europe chip It can it. be, yeah. yeah. It depends how you do it. Do, do it right, is what yeah. I'll say. Just don't And what's yeah. that? have lots of money and go big. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think that.
2: I'll save up a bit uh, once we you know
0: Price is much different. What's the difference over there in Germany like?
2: It's not too
1: bad, to be honest. Obviously, the, the euro is a lot more, like, it's a lot better than the Australian dollar, but, like, their cost of living is not too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, food and stuff and beer and that's still pretty decent prices it's just like obviously apartments and like if you were living there yeah. it's even more expensive
0: okay yeah yeah um and 2019 frankson moved back into the vfl and you were named club captain what did this mean for you and what was the honor like
2: yeah it was um again most like most things in my footy journey they sort of t- take you by surprise and probably i probably always sort of doubted myself a bit with with a lot of things so anytime these sort of things came up i probably was like Bit surprised, but um, I don't know. It was just a unique experience, that I was weird because I hadn't played footy for twelve months. I'd been doing the complete opposite and traveling overseas and surfing, and not sort of didn't even watch footy, like because you, you just couldn't over there. Uh, and then, but to came back and decided I wanted to play, and I think because I was so far behind, or felt like I was so far behind after having twelve months off, I I was like, I think I was like ninety two kilos, and I was like, like hadn't lifted a weight, hadn't ran. Just been surfing and eating and drinking for twelve months, and um, nothing wrong with that. I guess. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. It was great. sounds great. I was as happy as I've ever. Where do I sign up? I uh, I knew that if I wanted to play VFL footy, you're had to sort of make some drastic changes and, and really commit um, and make some sacrifices. What were should, some of them? Well, I I, t- I didn't drink um, for that whole year, pretty much. So once footy season finished, I, I sort of yeah, I, I you know celebrated. And, sort of yeah was sort of had a healthier relationship with alcohol not that i had an unhealthy relationship with it at all but um i just you just yeah it's just one of those ones i feel like when you're drinking on the weekend like even if you, you don't even drink that much you're just like even if it's every month you know that i think sets you back and then you feel like you kind of got to do all the right things again for a week or two and then you start getting a sort of these healthy habits and routines and i think i just the compounding impact of not drinking every weekend just and like i'm the type of person like most people do. You, you have a few beers and then the next day you smash a smash a hsp or yeah. donut or like i just eat like so it was wait, just like way
1: to your mind just takes me about wednesday to get over yeah. a big night. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and like cranky is all hell yeah. on monday morning oh, no, i trick oh yeah you are um,
0: not as you have your electrolytes though <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i took oh yeah so i, I just really watched what i ate I stopped drinking for... It was probably eight months all up in the end. Um, yeah, and then I just I just went to work and I just worked my ass off. And I think, um, yeah, that, that probably reflected amongst the group. And I'd obviously had a history at Frankston, so I'd already played quite a fair bit of AFL footy at Frankston. Yeah. And they were a really young list and a, a new list. Like, I hadn't played with any of those guys. I think Blake Mullane was the only one from the previous sort of Frankston um, before they went out of the competition. And, um, yeah, I just, I think... I was a bit older. Played a lot of AFL footy. Um, I was I was training really hard. I was not, I wasn't drinking, so I was behaving myself when I yeah. went out. <laughs> the boys, I don't know, just kind of yeah, like well he doesn't drink and that sort of stuff, and thought I was this real serious guy. So they, they actually got to know me a bit better the last couple of years because I've loosened up a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, but that first year I was pretty serious about it, and I sort of yeah was keen to sort of yeah put my head down and work hard, and that reflected, and the group voted, and. Yeah, they voted for me as captain, and yeah, I, I didn't really know I had those qualities. And then once I got put in that position, um, I really enjoyed it, and I really thrived. I found I thrived. Uh, uh, you know, being a school teacher, I was able yeah. to kind of articulate myself pretty well, and I, w- I wasn't too phased with standing up in front of the group and, and communicating to them, and I wasn't afraid to, you know, I was uh, pull guys up and, and have those hard conversations with players, you know, because it was you know I was doing that similar sort of stuff with teenagers in my yeah sort of work and that so. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what reflected, and I've, I've, you know, pride myself on building relationships with people and connections, and um, that sort of showed through. So, yeah.
1: Is there anything you would change uh, as a, like looking back on it? Anything you would change?
2: Um, probably not. Like I, I, not that I was perfect, uh, but I made mistakes, and you learn from those mistakes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I, I, you know, I don't, I don't like to regret anything because I think everything that you do that happens. That's for a reason. Yeah, it happens for you a reason. You learn from your mistakes but, as well, yeah. Away. And if you don't, yeah, that might have, you might have stuffed something up there, or you might have done something, or said something that was embarrassing, or the wrong thing, or you upset someone. But then from that, you learn. Well, wow, well, like I gotta be careful what yeah. I say, or like you know, you do something and then people do the same sort of thing, and you realize, oh, far out, like I'm, um, you know, people look up to me, and I gotta be careful with what I do, and and people sort of looking to me to sort of how they want to behave and sort of the type of person they want to be or a young man that they want to be because you're the captain and they sort of look up to you. And I guess understanding that. Was yeah, really I can relate curve. very highly with yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously it's changed a lot these days, but did you find, see a difference from when you first started, like in the VFL system to, ne- to when you were captain, how you had to lead, like how you had to build relations with different type of players? How did you find that? Y- did you have to adapt to it? Different, s- certain situations and stuff like that?
2: Um, yeah, I think I like, I wanted it to be different. Like I wanted to sort of, make a like a bigger impact outside of the footy side of things so i think i put i invested a lot more time into compared to probably previous captains that i'd had where they there wasn't much responsibility really it was you know about having rev the boys up and, yeah. and you know that was it was you know they facilitate you know some like you know, it was just like getting blokes up and make it embarrassing them or you know, getting them to tell stories or, you know, planning a, a, an awesome piss up or whatever it might have been. And it was you know, about getting boys in a halftime, giving them a rev up and yelling and screaming and that, which there's always a time for that. And yes, I still plan social functions that were great and fun. And yeah, and had a good time. That's an important part of it. Not that, but it, it was about promoting the fact that like, and not, I feel like football clubs were like were just peer pressure yeah, you know, could could be these big peer pressured environments that people feel like they had to A boys club a certain, society, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. Yeah, a boys club and, and sort of felt like they had to do or things or behave certain ways. To try and fit in. To fit in yeah. Where you know. I, I facilitate a lot of fun things and that sort of stuff. And But I wanted to really share the message with the players that it was okay for them to be them and that diversity is great Correct. and that we, we want lots of different personalities. That like you don't have to fit this mould of like a hard, tough footballer. yeah, macho man, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just, I think I invested a lot of time to caring about the players outside of footy because...
1: Which I think you have to do anyway, general society. And as a school teacher, you would understand that. Yeah. As for myself, I look after a lot of 15, 16, 17-year-olds. And through the years, I've noticed that you can't be this hard-ass to them anymore. You've got to be a literal parent to them sometimes.
2: 100%. And that's probably, like you said, with the question, like the biggest change is that you can't just yell and scream at people like no. it just doesn't work anymore and, and you need to build that relationship first and you can have hard conversations with people but if you've got the relationship there that you've built with them and they trust you and they respect you and then you also follow up from that hard conversation and give them some direction um then you know you're doing all you can to you know not burn those bridges and and they start working for you a lot better too. I find as well. Hundred percent because they know that you've invested and you've cared for like you, you've invested in you've, you've you invested your yeah, time yeah, in them, and they respect that and they look up to you yeah. for it. Yeah.
0: Did you find um, being a teacher, as in your um, your career, helped that a lot?
2: Hundred percent. Yeah. So I think it's they've sort of both helped each other in a sense. So I'm a better teacher for the stuff I've done within the footy world, and I'm a better know captain and hopefully a potentially a better coach um, for my teaching experience so I think it's all you know it's all relative and it's all similar in the sense that you know for me it's all about relationships and it's building building relationships and it's with the education stuff as well as the footy stuff it's you know with my students I, I really invest my time early into asking questions and, and finding out who they are so that I can teach them better and I can cater for their learning better just like as players, you know, if you get to know them on a different level and you talk to them about stuff other than footy, then you can try and understand what, you know, you know if they're coming off. If you find out that they're buddy I don't know, you know, a, a tradie that's waking up at 5am and they're working physically all day and they come to training and they look exhausted and they're knackered and you're spraying them for looking like they don't want to be there, mm. you know, and then they go, oh, well, this is this is." She'd like it's all too hard, and I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, you, you understand and You go, well, all right, like, mate, you, like your work must be pretty flat out. Like, what have you been doing? And then you find out, you know, reasons why people you know behaving a certain way or not doing this or doing that. So, yeah, I think just understanding them, you know, the students, I can I can teach them better, and understanding the players, you can kind of guide them and lead them better. Yeah, awesome.
0: Now, as you mentioned, coaching, you've recently been appointed uh, captain coach of Ballinton Football Club. What well, and persuaded this and how excited are you for the future of this?
2: Yeah, just have to correct you, like not captain coach. I couldn't couldn't take that away from Adrian Speedy. He's oh, not, right. he's an absolute <laughs> superstar. I've done my captaincy duties, so I'm uh, moving on now to the coaching. So um yeah, player coach, I've got of that. player coach, yeah, player coach. I think it's just the yeah, isn't it like it's yeah, always it's the cap, captain the coach? The that's captain it, that's coach, what they yeah. always used to call it, wasn't 100%. it? So a, few, a lot of people say that. i was said it a couple of times, I think, as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, just the coaching. Um, the captaincy in itself is a big job. Um, and, you know, Speedy's doing an awesome job down there. and um, Yeah, the coaching I didn't really, again, didn't see coming. Um, uh, you have a train. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> so, um, but I think, I don't know, it's just one of those ones that um, – yeah, I was getting a little bit older, life's changing a little bit. We're, you know, My partner and I bought a house uh, in Mornington and we are looking to sort of settle down. And and I really want to – I love community. Like that's yeah. a big part of sort of why I do things. And I love the fact that, you know, footy clubs play a big part in community and it's, it's a really important part of a community. in Frankston, um, it was a community in a sense, but it's a lot more about the footy and it's the VFL. And they didn't have a great – it's not like, it's not community footy. It just isn't. Yeah. Like it's VFL state league footy and it's, it's it, you know, it's it's great and it's it's awesome for the footy side of things. But I was just blown away with, you know, how you know, how much, I guess, you can have an impact on the direct community, especially the community I live in. Um, and I was really impressed with Mornington when they came to me and, and sort of had the same sort of vision as as what I have and the impact that I want to have. And they could kind of, they found out a bit more about myself and sort of what I... And how I go about things, and that sort of aligned really well with them. And um, yeah, it was a a unique opportunity and one that I probably didn't think I'd. I think I've said this to a few people. I think I told my partner, Sarah, um, probably six months earlier, don't ever let me coach. And bang, (laughs) that's how stressful it was with our coach at, at Frankston. And you know, it was, yeah, he was sort of battling a bit with just like, you know, struggling to get coaches to training. And like, yeah, you could see that he was pretty stressed with. Some stuff And it's just a huge workload And um, But yeah Mornington really You know gave, Offered a lot of support And put some really good people Around me And Yeah awesome uh, Yeah uh, Yeah it's something that um, I'm excited about I'm a bit nervous Because it's, it's It's new And it's It's, it's a big job um, And the expectation Like there's so many people That you know At Frankston It was just one team Where you know Mornington, it's a massive club. Like you got yeah, th- what three, three sides? Three, three men's sides, three or four women's sides. Jesus, um, you know the netball as well. So, um, and everyone's excited. It's great that everyone's excited, and there's a lot of buzz about the club. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a steep learning curve. And but I've got really good support around I me. And I wouldn't have taken the job, and I probably wouldn't have taken any other coaching jobs, um, if it wasn't you know for the fact that it was Mornington, my home club, and yeah, and that I, they just gave me so much tr- trust and faith that they support me and put everything in place around me to help me in um, my first year or so.
1: So what can we expect from Mornington uh, going into next season then? Flagged? Um, well,
2: I would have said that probably three or four weeks ago, but the Division 2 recruiting has been off the charts. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot yeah. of clubs are looking really strong, so... Um, as, I, as I think someone might be uh, walking in, and maybe a recruit of yours? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been... Um, We've been really looking at, I guess, strengthening the like, yeah, the the depth and the the younger guys coming through. So I think the club have really decided to, um, well, they probably identified that they were lacking a lot of sort of those pathways and keeping good young yeah. talent in there for sustainable success. So yeah, we've been speaking, and we're a couple of sort of yeah, a lot of young guys that we think are pretty talented and, and that we want to get to Mornington. Um, to help build that sustained success. But we also think that we can have success in the short term as well. Yeah. Um, because there was a lot of players that just kind of, after COVID, probably went away and did different things. And now that. they're starting to come now back. Now they're coming yeah. back. And we've got Jack O'Colder back, who's a gun keeper. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Played some time Northern Territory. Yeah, yeah.
2: He's been up there. So he's been playing some good footy up there. And he kicked like 69 goals, I think, in the shortened season. For yeah. Mornington was his last year, I think, 12, or 13 games. And he kicked.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Seventy <laughs> <It's> not
2: bad. <laughs> goals. So Jake Smart's coming back. He's a weapon off half back and an elite um, leg on him. So he'll be good. And hopefully, I can have a bit of an impact as well as a player still. And
0: off um, the half back or in the middle?
2: Don't know. We've we've got a very strong midfield with Nathan Heath and yeah, get rid of the Speedy midfield. Get the back line. Yeah. Get in the the forward line.
3: <laughs> forward get, line. Get yeah, the paddock going. Yeah, I reckon yeah.
2: well,
0: Get that's out of my a way. way.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. the beauty of being the coach. Yeah, it's you can of, put you where you yeah, want. Well, <laughs> a put me where I want or B depending on where I need to play, yeah, uh, based on the sort of you know, and you're not having to deal with upsetting any EOs or any players because you know I can just move myself. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm not going to be too angry at myself if I'm moving myself to different positions. So, uh, but yeah, so you got got some good young guys coming through. Um, got some, you know, we didn't have to add much. Uh, I didn't think. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you look at the ladder, we didn't finish well. We finished seventh. But if you look at all the key stats, we were actually a really good side And um, in, the, in the in the key sort of stats. Just couldn't so put it together as such. Yeah, just couldn't sort of put it together. So we're looking to kind of simplify things a bit. Like we'll take a really complex game plan, obviously, with my knowledge from Frankston and um, our assistant Lee, but um, it'll, we'll be filtering that down a lot and simplifying yeah. it and, and it'll be all about communication and making sure that everyone's on the same page and everyone knows their role and – and we're gonna have fun. Like it yeah, you know, you gotta, gotta have fun. That's the fun best lately. thing about community
0: oh. football. You gotta have fun. You gotta
2: yeah, have fun. The amount of young guys I've spoken to, or just players in general in the last sort of six months to twelve months even at the you know, VfL level, like so many people are losing their love for the game or that it's Well it's so for, for some game. people it's their
1: job. Yeah. yeah. like they're mercenary footballs out there.
2: hundred percent. So, you know, it'll be about having fun and, and you know, ultimately being around some of your best mates. In your local community, having having a blast and hopefully win some games and get some yeah. success. Yeah,
0: I believe you wanted to ask. Now this is where it gets a bit quirky. Connor likes he likes the funny side of yeah. stuff, yeah, so no, I, I believe he's got some interesting type of questions. Now, here.
1: Tricky's no. told me to keep it G-rated, and I, as knowing that you're a school teacher, I've tried to do my best. <laughs> so, uh, so I've just got six questions. So I've added yeah. one as we've been chatting. So, obviously, number one, if you're a wrestler, what's your entr- entrance song? Oh,
2: wrestler, my entrance song would have to be um, I'm, I'm the Man by 50 Cent. Ooh, oh, yes. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, that'd be it.
1: <laughs> so, obviously, number two, if uh, humans developed from monkeys, why do we still have monkeys, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is, an, that is an interesting question.
1: Um I was trying to think of a good
2: answer to it last yeah. night, so just like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I guess what goes on in your head? <laughs> I don't know. I think we evolve from everything now, don't we? That's why there's
1: yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're they're actually more like evolved species now.
2: Who knows? Maybe yeah, yeah maybe we were around before them.
1: Uh, I like this one, <laughs> Trick. This is probably one of my favourites. If you punch yourself in the face, are you weak or strong <laughs> if
2: it hurts? <laughs> um, oh, that's just a. What
1: is it called? A double. Yeah. I was trying to. I couldn't. A once again, I couldn't think of whatever, an whatever answer is, I would. I'd go with you're really strong. really strong. Yeah. T- t- I think that's going to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you so hit something today at work, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you
2: yourself in
1: the face? No, no. It's, <laughs> smacked a garbage bag <laughs> uh, like a big roll of them um so obviously you go to the movies uh so which side of the armorist is actually yours at the movies do you reckon
2: oh I'm or you the sh- type of person to i'm a shocker i'm a shocker because i usually go with someone uh and if re- of recent times it's probably been my partner sarah um so i just take hers uh, well you take the one i always go person, right yeah and then I don't know, actually. I'd like ideally like to take both. Both, yeah, just alpha. But both. I'm also pushover, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, obviously, uh, number five, uh, I like to put some animals up against each other in <laughs> a fight. Nice. So, last week was, well, a crocodile or a great white shark, yeah. which I would want to settle the debate the, the there. Jackson. Yeah. It's definitely a crocodile. 100% it's a crocodile. Yeah, Sharks can only go one way. A croc can, like, spin out and get come back. And yeah, so obviously, who wins in a fight? Twelve flamingos or a giraffe?
2: Twelve flamingos, just sheer number.
1: The sheer number,
2: yeah, the sheer number of them will get it done. Like, see, I go the other
1: way. I reckon it's the giraffe because they. I've I've got a feeling like the giraffe could use their neck as like a sweeping motion. <laughs>
2: but yeah, but you're gonna get all twelve of them. No, you never know. And while they're sweeping those ones, the other ones, yeah, I reckon just wait to numbers. Yeah, so
1: obviously the question that I came up with during the podcast is obviously your brother is Nick, New- Nick Newman. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Carlton supporter, but I've got a love, a great love for Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Is Paddy Cripps as good-looking in person as he is on the TV? Yes. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what and, he's, <laughs> and he's a ripping bloke too. Yeah, he's he looks like He's a really like
2: nice
1: it. fella. And,
0: you know, he, he, he. How tall is he too in like real oh, life? Because you don't understand. Like yeah, he's massive. Nah, Could he generally play key position?
2: Oh, 100%. Hundred percent. He's big players. too. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just he's solid. Did
0: we did we find out he's bigger than Kerno? any? he?
2: Yeah. He's taller than Kerno. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah he's a solid. A he's, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, he's a fucking good
1: footballer.
0: I was player. a bit surprised the Brownlee that start of the year. I remember I told you he I, he's got it in the well, bag. We thought, it?
1: we thought like first ten rounds. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah. It was yeah.
0: no one catching him there. Then he it, it kind of did not like fall away, but didn't have the same impact goals wise and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm glad he got it. Hundred percent. Huge credit
0: to him, Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Josh, and good luck with Mornington. And um, hope to see more winning ways at Mornington. Yeah, and we'll be watching closely. Oh, we will be. <laughs>
2: awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Yeah, thank fun. you for Cheers.
1: coming.